Hello and welcome again to the Football Index podcast. I'm with Tom from the Who's Got the Assist podcast. He's also joined Football Index in the last four or five months, so he's, he's a relative newbie and that's what a lot of people wanted to hear, surprisingly. I was quite surprised by that. I tweeted out on uh, Twitter, obviously, asking what people wanted to hear on the podcast and they said uh, a newbie's perspective would be great. And he also works for like a Forex exchange, right, Tom? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so um, I think professionally I work in the, in the research division for uh, one of the firms which delivers, you know, um, a platform for people to access uh, access trading um for, for for many different routes, effectively, and using many different instruments, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a newbie to uh, to football index. Um, I'm from Who Got the Assist, uh, which is a, a an FPL podcast, um, and we kind of run throughout the whole season. And uh, uh, Nick, my uh, my partner on Who Who Got the Assist, who was on this podcast, uh, introduced me to the football index, and we kind of placed a couple of trades. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was good, and I think it was definitely something that um, it's cool to talk about today. Awesome. Well, I'm sure you're going to have some cracking insights being a not only a newbie, but someone who works in uh, in, in that kind of industry, but someone who also has a podcast and a football, fancy football podcast, sorry. So I think you're going to be able to offer some, some cracking stuff. So, you know, being a, being a newbie, but beforehand, from the outside in, what was your, what were your thoughts about Football Index as a platform? I'm, I'm sure you've, you'd seen it kind of yeah, definitely. I've definitely seen it around, as you've said. Um, I think it was just something that, um, you know, in terms of trading and in terms of financial markets, I think before I started working at my current job and kind of just generally, I think it was something that was uh, seemed fairly abstract to me almost. Um, but, you know, the, the adverts do a good job. Um, there's you know Tom Randerson, I think his name is on Twitter as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. The marketing guy, like he does a very good job of kind of... Um, Sim- simply making the links perhaps between a player gaining on the index uh, in terms of translating into performance. I think that it was those sort of things where it was kind of like he was naming players who I would know of as an FPL um, podcaster and maybe I'd know of as a general kind of football nerd and those people kind of making gains um, that made me think, yeah, you know, this could be actually quite interesting. Um just because it's something that obviously, like, I know a lot about football generally, and I like to think that, you know, I, I take more interest in the average bear in, in, in the underlying stuff, you know, the statistics, as well as the fundamentals such as news. Um, and I think that, you know, all of those things together, you know, I kind of bought into the trader mindset almost. That, oh, yeah, you know, I can uh, I can harness this knowledge to make money. And that, and that was kind of what, um, what ruled me in, perhaps, from the outside in, in terms of football index. Yeah, so that that's that's definitely something that uh, I think can be bridged that gap between uh, other online uh, fancy football communities, uh, obviously on Twitter, Reddit, whatever. With Football Index, I, I think that's I've always been a staunch supporter of, of trying to bridge bridge those communities, and and also I've told the guys at Football Index, look, you you're really looking at an untapped market now. How many FPL players are there now? Uh, it was uh, just over, well, a little bit over 6 million, I think, at the start of last season. Uh, I think in context of people who end the season, so I think by by that I mean go all the way to game week 38. I think we're probably looking at about half a million devoted players now. Um, this is literally, you know, a finger in the air statistics. And FPL never mentioned how many players are actually playing <laughs> towards the end of the end. And, and uh, how many of those end. are in the UK, do you reckon? Um. I think FPL is still a fairly UK-centric game. I think six million, though, um, I, I'd say is kind of tilted the balance in the last kind of few years towards outside of the UK. 
I mean, uh, last year, I think it was Ben Crabtree who won it from the UK, but I don't think I'd seen the UK winner for, for a little while before that. Um, so I, th- I think maybe you're looking at maybe two thirds of the FPL, uh, FPL players being outside of the UK now. Um, well, never, nevertheless, still a massively uh, untapped market in, in my my opinion. And I, I think that's something I voiced it to the guys at Football Index. I think at first they were quite um, maybe a bit apprehensive about about trying to bridge those communities. They were saying, well, they, they might be a competitor, but they're not actually, obviously. Uh, but, but, but what were your experiences at the start? uh football index like what what were you what were you really struggling with what did you like what did you dislike in general yeah i think there was just um a, a few let's call them ux issues uh shall we i mean in in terms of onboarding i think that was a very it was a very kind of straightforward process um in terms of saying you know the know your customer stuff and um depositing was fairly pain-free i think it was just when we got to when you get to the index itself like it still perplexes me for example why on the portfolio you can't see charts um i just don't understand that because i use those i use that kind of indicative data to understand whether i should um you, you know close the position or continue the position and by position i mean obviously you know holding the player and removing that player from my portfolio um it's little things like that, that I think, little quality of life things, which I think that are missing from uh, from the index, which can mean that, you know, you develop kind of automatic workarounds, don't you? So, you know, oh, yeah, I've got to go and search for that guy so I can understand what's going on with him. But at the same time, you know, it, it's really <laughs> that, that sort of thing for a newcomer is really annoying. Um, and it, it, it can be a little bit off-putting. Like if I'm, you know, if, if I've signed up and I haven't deposited yet, and I'm kind of just checking out the platform because there's no kind of there's a tutorial, but I don't know to what is then it's like a trial uh, demo platform. And um, maybe you can you can illuminate me more on that. Is there a demo of any kind? No, I mean like I think the 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 closest we've got to a to a tutorial is probably my beginner's guide. I guess uh, the the the, the, fo- the folks at uh, Football Index have started to create the the academy, which I think has actually got some pretty decent stuff on it. Um, if you're if you're a newbie. And one, you haven't checked out my video, please do so. Shameless little plug there. But also, um, <laughs> but who got also, the assist, Pat? <laughs> got the assist. Who? Me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, assisted but, but, your, uh, assist your plug. I've, I've assisted my, my own plug, which is, which is, which is great. But uh, assisting <laughs> yeah, another plug. Neymar of his podcast. Going into the, the Kevin De Bruyne mold and uh, assisting all round the the yeah the, the Football Index Academy is something I think will probably grow and I think when we and this is something that um, Mike Bowen the head of marketing uh, mentioned on my on my podcast as well as uh, Adam Cod the CEO that they're going to build the whole platform again as in that the, the whole thing is going to be revamped so I'm assuming all those little nitty gritty issues that we hate are going to be fixed and I'm crossing my fingers really hard here because I really hope they do get fixed because the worst thing it, the worst thing that can happen is that you've got this revamped beautiful site everything's flowing and then suddenly like oh we missed this or we missed this so I'm sure they've got like a, a massively long list of bugs that they want to fix yeah absolutely I mean there's nothing worse than finding confounds I mean I understand I think from the perspective of football index being um, something which I mean, at the, now would be kind of seen, especially amongst the community, as being off the ground. But I think maybe in terms of a wider audience not being quite there yet, um, I think that they're kind of allowable, allowable confounds, I guess, allowable kind of uh, quirks in the user flow. But I think going forward, it would be definitely something that 
you know, you'd, you'd expect the same usability if you're on the top 200 screen compared to the portfolio and um, compared to the watch list as well. Um, yeah, you, you'd I, I think expect them to be slightly more interoperable, wouldn't you? That's it. That's it. You'd expect there to be quality of life, like improvements such as those. I mean, these are things that, you know, Pet, we wouldn't even mention um, with regards to the majority of user interfaces you touch. Like these are hygiene factors, which are never an issue for anybody. Like no one campaigns for that to be something which is recognized unless it's an issue. Otherwise, you know, if it's sorted in the same way, you know, moving between tabs, f fine. But if there was an issue with that, you'd know about it. And it's very similar. It's very similar to that. And I think that if you've used the software, if you've used the interface for a while, like you know about the workarounds and stuff, but I think you know, top level stuff like that is still very important. Maybe I'm yeah, just trying to run sure. it on alpha bit, but you know yeah. what I mean. No, no, no. I think I think like this is what we want. This is uh, we, we want the, the the perspectives of someone who's who's just joined the platform, right? Or you know, in the last four or five months, whatever. But also, I've had loads of people recently message me about the watch list, which <laughs> which I always find funny, and also reserve prices where people just go, "Hey, I've uh, listed a hundred players or a hundred shares of a player at the the reserve price of X," and. Uh, I sold them at less than that reserve price and I just kind of have to go, yeah, that doesn't really work. <laughs> Sorry. And same with the watch list. Someone was like, oh, like I watched this loads of players like, a couple of months ago and now I want to go back and, and see what prices they are and see whether or not I, I, I kind of want to enter those positions. And then I kind of have to break it to them and be like, yeah, it doesn't really work properly. And and it's, frust it's frustrating not to have the answers, right? It's frustrating for me yeah. to be like, ah, sorry, yeah, can't do it. Yeah, exactly. Like being, I think maybe being able to adopt that kind of uh, strike position, so to say, you know, if it go, if the price goes above this and I want to buy, or if the price goes below that, I want to sell, is definitely something that um, you know could, could be introduced, perhaps. Well, um, that, that, you know, funny you say that, that. That's actually being introduced in, in the form of uh, order books. Uh, I don't know when, uh, but it was it was discussed on my podcast uh, with with yeah. Uh, oh, of course Angle. it was. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, and they they did talk about it quite uh quite positively with a lot of verve and we'll see how that one works but i guess that mitigates the need for for, for the reserve price so you fix one issue there watch list again yeah again watch lists uh i don't know i guess uh maybe something will come up with with a with a fix with that and and that will be something that uh users will be able to use a lot more readily and a lot more regularly to improve their ability to you know enter positions at, at good prices but then again maybe you don't need watch lists if you can put in uh, buy orders at, at certain prices because that's kind of saying you know if that player gets to that price i want him because at the end of the day every single player on the index has a value that any user would would buy in at right so if the the buy order functionality works properly then maybe the it actually might mitigate the the use fullness of the, the watchful the watch list to some extent yeah perhaps I, th I think it's just something which um i mean i know it sounds perhaps if you're a purist and you want to be sitting at um fi all day and making trades based on market movement and market sentiment would be kind of abhorrent to you but i think that there are a lot of users um for this kind of product who kind of don't want to be you know at the coal face every day monitoring stuff a lot of people do like to take long positions um, and I think those kind of tools feed into encouraging that sort of investor to come onto the index. Um, and I think that's definitely going to be something which kind of, you know, diversifies the appeal, as it were. Um, so, for example, you know, if, if you think, you know, this is if you know this is someone's, you know, 
a seminal season in the Premier League. You know, you're looking at someone like Leroy Sana, um, and then you kind of think, well, you know, I'm going to put some money in him now, and I want to see that rise over a, over a long period. I want to take a long position there rather than taking a short one and sculping any kind of positives. And then that kind of appeals to that sort of person where you have, you know, if he does fall, if I say, you know, breaks his ankle or something, God forbid it doesn't, but if he does, then you've got at least the get out there. And you can you can monitor you know a, a, a rise in that in that regard too, um, so maybe it does is something that's going to help getting um, perhaps your longer term investor on board if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. But but I also think it's uh, it's with a with a view of uh, looking at you know Canada, Ireland, Sweden. You're looking at beginning to to mess around with different time zones as well. And I've spoken about this quite a few times where you don't want to be waking up to to absolute carnage whether that's just you know one investor or one trader one person on football index withdrawing all their money because obviously like everyone's entitled to do that you know you never know like someone might have an emergency uh someone might like need that cash and they they decide to to you know sell up and if they have like a 20 30 40k portfolio that could affect like a lot of people and that could you know scare a lot of people so maybe having those yeah stop losses buy and sell order books uh, it could mitigate that to some extent as well yeah i definitely think so and i, I think it's one of those things where i mean a lot of markets have obviously the, the opening time and the close time according to the uh according to the exchange um there's, there's no um kind of exchange on the football index to, to, to some extent like you can't see the underlying figures as such um and it's kind of one of those things where you've got to look at the, the small print of what they've said. Like you can't, if they say, you know, you sign up to this at your own risk and you have that kind of eventuality, that kind of external risk of ex- external exposure to the overnight markets crashing on you. If you've got something which is a 24-7 product like this, um, then I think that having the guaranteed stops is a great, as you said, mitigator um, for that to some extent because you know, you, you want to make money. That's the point of the index. But equally, you don't want to be losing money. That's kind of a secondary, uh, a very high on the list, obviously, of secondary factors, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and I think that kind of having that kind of guarantee in place that, you know, you're not going to, if you speculate and you kind of hope that over the next couple of days, you're going to see, you know, some sort of uh, uh, PB bonanza for somebody, which leads to an MB bonanza. Like if that goes wrong and you go to sleep and overnight Australia have sold everything, so Canada have sold everything, like you don't want to be in a in, in a hole when you wake up. Um, so that's never a good way to start the day, is it? For sure, for sure. I, yeah, that would be really shit if that happens. If you just woke up, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you, I don't know, you're on the toilet before work and, and you just <laughs> look at your portfolios, sometimes I do in the morning, and uh, just seeing all that all that red because some a few Canadian blokes have just said, fuck it, I really don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but, but what, what would you change? What's on top of your watch, uh, watch list, wish list, apart from you know that interoperability factor on the index? Um, I, I think that one thing that um, I really... You know, my eye is always drawn to is assists on PB. Uh, I don't know mm. if you've spoken about this, Pat. I I have, and I do have a, one guy who staunchly believes that the PB matrix should be changed and should be changed as soon as possible. That's uh, Mr. At SP Football Index, who's probably got one of the biggest portfolios. I think he's, he's got something like three hundred k or something ridiculous like that. Um, but he he consistently says that that they should be changed. He we also spoke about this uh, with with uh, Adam and Mike and, and they both said that, that I mean they said they were kind of against it just because it might be a change and they want some stability but they 
importantly weren't like fully against it they said that might be something that we look at and we know we haven't got it perfect kind of thing and it and it's so true isn't it like you, you mentioned there the, the assist and i rudely interrupted you. you you reckon that should be worth more right yeah i mean um, it's a bit eponymous because obviously we are who got the assist but looking at the the fi kind of pb breakdown i think that was the one thing that really stuck out to me pat i mean 10 pb um for for an assist versus 40 for a goal um, I just did like a little comparison to uh, to FPL and the ratio. So it's one to four, isn't it? In in FI, um, for for um, FPL, uh, it's nine BPS, so bonus points, I guess, um, for an assist. Um, if I'm kind of making an analogy between uh, PB and bonus points, uh, and then you get an extra twelve if you're a defender, eighteen if you're a midfielder, and twenty four if you're a striker. So a ratio of you know just under two, two exactly, and, and over two. Um, I feel like to some extent it artificially depresses uh, the potential of a lot of players um, in terms of PB, and I think what feeds into MB as well is that a lot of the time you see that goals mean everything in in football index um so you can have somebody who's had an incredible game run it i mean you know you have a have a de bruyne during the course of the season um have a david silver someone like that and and the the, the end the end point on the index would be that um you know sergio aguero um would be the one who's rewarded for silver's performance um and i think that that's it doesn't quite reflect. I think maybe it's just me perhaps not being a trader um, in terms of how I describe myself more of an FPL podcaster. Um, but I think, you know, assists and creativity are an incredibly important part of the game. Like functional sides are the ones who are broken down and completely taken apart by that kind of one player who's got that gift that other players don't have. You know, in Argentinian football, it's called La Pausa, like being able to see that kind of gap and, and, and exploiting it. Um and I think, you know, we begin to see that more and more of the assist gets a lot more kind of credit. And I think that that should definitely be reflected in FI. Um, I think that at the moment it just seems a bit, it just seems a bit weighted towards, you know, ultimately the profit we get back is, is weighted in goals. And I think having some sort of balancing there could be really beneficial in reflecting how football is today. I love that that the profit we we could make back is is weighted in goals, not in gold. I love that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree. I also think that some quite creative players who maybe go for riskier passes end up losing PB points because it's obviously minus three points for a for a uh, misplaced pass, which I think is quite harsh. Like if you're a I don't know David Silver and Mesut Urza when you try a you know half volley left foot. Uh, sweeping pass that's going to break the lines between the, the 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 right back and the center back, and it just about doesn't come off. Like they they nudge the ball away for a throw in, but you still have possession. Should you still lose three points for that, or or should we only be you know penalizing players who make genuine mistakes with their passes, not someone who's going for that killer ball and it just doesn't come off? Absolutely not. So I think that kind of the end game of of penalising players for taking a risk is that you're kind of hoping for a one nil game or a nil nil game, like low scoring players not taking risks. I mean, um, in terms of FPL, you see that a lot of the time players like Mo Salah, for example, um, lose out on the bonus points because you you lose a BPS point, which are the points which make up bonus. So you know the highest 
the person who's got the highest uh, cumulative total of that takes three, two, one. Um, you see with Mo Salah a lot of the time, he, he's completely out of the bonus. Um, Richarlison is another example. Just because of the amount of shots they've taken which have been missed, which have then been penalised by the BPS system. I think that's the same here. And I think that in terms of football, like a lot of the time when you're looking at stats, you kind of think, yeah, okay, this player is great, this player is bad. And uh, the key example we always use in FPL is is the Cedric, who, uh, who plays Southampton example. Like He always looks phenomenal in the stats. You look at it and you think, oh, you know, he's, he's got 80 plus crosses in across the course of the season. You know, like uh, uh, he looks very like, you know, his, his uh, XA, his, his expected assist is really high. And you, you buy him in and you watch him play and then you realize a lot of his crosses because he just whacks it from uh, just uh, just outside the area a lot of the time into nothing or whacks it off the pitch. And that those things count as an assist and you kind of think, oh, actually... You know, if, if I'd watched the player a little bit, I, I'd have learned more. And <laughs> um, I think that could be the same here. I really like that kind of Cedric comparison there because we kind of have the same in, in, in FI. And I think you've probably noticed this all over Twitter when a player develops kind of like a cult following and people really love or like have a relationship with them. Obviously, any anything uh, sexual. Yeah, yeah, you develop Yeah, that's the word. Thank you, Tom. They, they build an affinity with this player, whether it be because they take lots of corners or they they make loads of crosses, and and, and people think right, this is this is where I see the value. Right, I my thesis is that like I think like uh, fullbacks who who have this many crosses a game or take this many corners or have this many shots a game on average, uh, completely undervalued on football index. And some people will buy into all those fullbacks or defenders that they think are great. This could be any player. Like you could be talking about a, a player who, who, who has this, who creates like, I don't know, six chances a game. And you might think that that your thesis is those type of players are undervalued. And, and you buy into them. And then on Twitter, you see the reasoning that people give or why they're buying in certain players. And a, and a, lot, a lot of those things are quite similar. I'm, you could have imagined uh, at the beginning of last season that a lot of people would have said, right, I'm, I'm going to get Cedric and my team reasons, expected crosses, expected assists, et cetera, et cetera. And in Football Index, like going back to your Mo Salah, Richarls- Richarlison point, even if you get a shot off target, that's still three points. So I was thinking the other day, like, I don't know some we've seen some terrible strikes at goal this this world cup and some of them have literally like I don't know would have gone higher than rugby posts and and you're thinking about a player still getting three positive points for those shots or like uh clearances as well like uh, I I know they they can be good for, for defenders but should we be rewarding teams just lumping it up right should we be rewarding players lumping it up but uh, Speaking on defenders very slightly, we didn't really see that many like defensively solid teams win defender uh, defensive PB wins. If that makes sense, like Atletico defenders didn't really win that often in in the Premier League. United defenders didn't really win that often. Same with Tottenham. Uh, apart from I think Trippier and, and Ben Davis. Ben Davis definitely when he scored. Um, they didn't win that many. But then City, just because obviously they pass it so much more, their defenders, Otamendi Stones, w- did a lot better on PB. So at the end of the day, like, are you rewarding defending defender PB players for passes or their actual defensive abilities? And that kind of, for some, for me, you want to reflect like how good players are in real life. And I think Football Index are nearly there, but clearly after the conversation that we've just had, they're not quite there. 
No, definitely not. I mean, I can kind of understand the clearances and I can kind of understand the total shots because, like, as I just said, the players getting uh, uh, penalised for, for taking risks in, in fancy football is something I don't like. Um, so, you know, taking shots is probably something that I, I wouldn't mind. I don't mind being rewarded by PB. Um, in terms of clearances as well, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, there's no way we're going to be looking at, you know, like a... a a Shane Duffy on, on FI. That's a little bit, a bit of a difference perhaps between FPL and, and FI where on FPL, you know, I'd be looking at him thinking, well, you know, he's going to earn some bonus points from the clearances, you know, those clearances and that kind of performance at the back is going to lead to me getting points eventually. I think on FI, you look at that and you just think, well, you know, it might be quite good that he's, uh, he's doing that. But at the same time, you know, you don't have to, in terms of positions, they're not particularly relevant to your portfolio in a lot of ways. And that, you know, your goalkeeper and defender, those are almost kind of white space. You don't really think about them. Your your aim is always towards the more offensive players because those are the ones which ultimately, because of the way the PB works now, generate that buzz as well as generating the media buzz. Like I can't think of any defenders or many defenders at all. Um, uh, I mean, we've we've had... Danny Rose uh, win a couple. Luke Shaw. Uh, I'm trying to think of recent ones. Over Alderweireld got a little bit of buzz before um, before the World Cup started. Yeah, I but believe. the dual media, isn't it? Like I got that through. Da- I got Danny Rose as well, um, because of the before he came out and said why he'd not be playing for Spurs, and you know we wish all the best to him, of course. Um, but you know, before that, when it was kind of wild rumours and people saying, "Oh, he's going to go to Man United," like you know, I'd known him for a little while when he seemed to have gone to gone to Coventry, as Nick would put it, for Poch. And um, it doesn't seem like, in terms of performance, feeding into overall value of the asset, um, that defenders really get a fair deal. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong because a lot, a lot, a lot of the time, you know, hype is generated by goals scored. Like you don't remember a game because of a stalwart defensive performance that often you tend to remember it because of an amazing goal or, you know, an amazing performance by one player. And I think that should be rightly compensated for in the index. But you know, to some extent, I think maybe for the more, the more informed player, maybe having a defender kind of sideline, which subtly gains value in a long position could be something which could work. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it depends on, on, on how their vision for the product is going forward. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something, the, the PB scoring matrix in general is something that the Football Index guys will definitely take a look at. But I want to, I want to speak to you a bit about your your profession and, and what you do there. Um, and I want you to, to compare it a bit to FI and, and whether or not it's kind of helped you on the platform, maybe help you become more accustomed to it rather than like someone who's just never had any experience with this kind of thing before. Yeah, I mean, I work in a research function in a, uh, in a basically a, a spread betting platform. Um, one of the most, one of the bigger ones in in the UK. So we're quite reputable, compliant, and work work with um, maybe the high end of of clients, so the most sophisticated kind of clients that you can you can kind of get from those who are involved in spread betting. I think with FI, a lot of the time. Um, at the moment, it is weighted. Uh, it's, not, it's not a criticism. It's just the way the market is. It's weighted towards a, a slightly more gambling mindset. Um, I think a lot, a lot of the kind of the affiliates they've got going who are putting out tweets, and I think a lot of the information I see out there is all very kind of uh, 
based on trying to reel in somebody who's who's more of a punter than perhaps somebody who's a high value client, which is absolutely fine because because I think that that's kind of what football is suited to. Um, I'm just kind of making the point that that's kind of they could approach it in terms of marketing in many ways, but they've gone for that kind of um, wide net, which makes sense for them as kind of a quasi startup. Um, I think that there are perhaps a, a few a few bits in place in terms of FI that I don't. I think that people should be a lot more. Um, I, th- I think that people should be more careful. I think we spoke about this as well in terms of how they how they tweet and how they speak about the product. Because I know that you know in terms of my, my job, like there's very much there's very little I can actually say about the product. Um, because like you know, you can't really be giving advice one way or the other because it's people's money at the end of the day. I think sometimes um that can be forgotten. Um, and you're, you know. Uh, the indicative chart is a good example because that, I think there's a very is is quite a nice tool. If you don't have your own KPI set up and you're not monitoring your own portfolio, like that kind of tool is very useful in terms of perhaps being more rational about it. You know, if you don't if you've had a bad if you've had a bad performance by one player and you've really invested a lot of hopes in them potentially getting a boost from you know their performance in the match or something like that. You know, like Muller um, against Mexico, if you bought a few of him thinking that he was going to really bang in that game. Or Werner, um, like if you're if you're kind of monitoring, if, if you're kind of looking at it and thinking, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just going to sell sell because I'm annoyed at that. If in the portfolio there's no chart or anything to make you kind of think again, just to kind of give you a kind of a final confirmation of the fact that actually you know the price may be dipping now, but it may be worth holding him, holding him because. You know, you, you may have, you may not be in, in the money anymore. Like you know, the the spread may have moved a little bit, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that having those kind of, that kind of indicative data is very useful, and I think that that's something which is kind of missing from FI at the moment. Like it's kind of like a buried hidden feature. Uh, a lot of the time, if you are a proper trader, like charts are very useful. If you're if you're just trading on the numbers alone, going up and down, and thinking, oh, you know, it could be great if if I've just I've just seen that um, that Kane has scored, I'm going to buy those of him, and then like ten minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm going to sell him because now the market's gone against me. Like if you're on that sort of trade with them, fine, but you burn through people incredibly quickly. So I'm glad to hear they're doing the academy. I'm very glad to hear that perhaps things are changing a little bit. Um, just because you know, in the initial phases in terms of acquisition, you want people like you who are creating the sticking power, but you want to also attract those kind of long-term uh, repeat customers, which which I think that they are in danger of burning through uh, through quite a few at the moment. Yeah, definitely, man. I I, I really do love your point about uh, customer acquisition. I think they've they've had a big boom since about February. Um, I, I think they had a a new uh, acquisitions guy, Stuart. Coggin come in uh, in about September. I think he finally made his mark around uh, around the new year after they did a, a big advertising ca- uh, push over the Christmas period, and they, they they did get a lot more people. I, I saw that that in my uh, listenership figures. I saw that in um, you know the 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 prices of some players, let, uh, let alone uh, some of the volatility that we were seeing in terms of like the the, the spikes, like how much how big the rises were just showed like the the volume of money coming in so that was very indicative of me that they were acquiring more users i think we we went through a great spell between january and like may and maybe uh football index are, are looking at something bigger and and that's why they they 
announced the uh, the, the Sky TV deal for, for next season. So it'd be really interesting to see how many uh, customers that they can kind of reel in from from big uh, a big big deal like that. And it'll be really interesting how many of those customers stay with the product for a long time because it is true a lot of the things that you said. Uh, a very very important those those minute and small details that that can uh make the difference between a, a customer loving a product and being like mm, this is actually a bit bit hard to use i always compare it to like uh if you're signing up for or, or say if you're you're getting a loan or uh no i've not got a mortgage ever but i know that if you're if you're uh if you're, <laughs> uh, i don't know when i'll get one uh being in london and all um if if you're getting one it takes quite a long time and there are like lots of processes that you need to go through lots of paperwork lots of things that you need to fill in and a lot of businesses find that people just fall off that they, they get like 40 percent through and they're like oh i actually can't be bothered i'll do this another time if you have that i don't know it's a weird analogy but if you have that parallel to fi and you think that like right you've signed up and you've you've bought some players and then suddenly maybe i don't know a couple of weeks later you're like you know what it's just like so fiddly i really can't be bothered to get on with this any longer and i just i'm just going to drop it and uh, i i do know for a fact that a lot of people that sign up never deposit they're kind of just like kind of having a look around which i'm i'm sure you you know that you've you've told some people right like have a, have a look at this and they sign up and they you know they're like well this isn't actually for me and then i also worry about the you know the 500 pounds uh risk-free offer that they have how many people use that offer just uh and don't have a good experience within that week with those 500 pounds and then just say actually you know what this isn't for me and and that can be really unlucky because if you if you have that 500 quid during a, a period of great volatility or a period where players are, are falling a bit more than they're rising then you know it's not really fair to give it only a week and maybe i think that you're right there should be some sort of trial version where maybe you're using uh, fake money or whatever but uh, I, i'm not sure how exactly that would work but maybe something like that would be would be great for their onboarding process absolutely i think sorry you can hear the ice cream man <laughs> um so um uh, no you're absolutely right and i, I think that you know a lot of the time with stuff like with having a demo, that's very useful in terms of almost weeding out the people you don't want to be associated with, with, with the product. You know, people at the moment, there's not very much to stop you from going on. Say I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm not earning too much and, you know, I've got a lot of money and I'm maybe got, you know, uh, I've got some sort of false pretensions of of my uh, of my football knowledge and my risk appetite is very high. There's not very much to stop me going on and blowing everything on football index and then seeing like massive you know four or five figure losses within the space of four or five minutes. There's nothing, is there? <coughs> and um, you can see that we see it with gambling at the moment. You can uh, you know there's a lot of regulation, which is probably of no surprise to you, perhaps an um, ESMA regulation coming in about what you can. And can't allow people to be exposed to in terms of risk. Um, uh, no, do you want to shed a bit of light on um, that? I'm not uh, actually I can, too I can sure. Do it. So, um, ESMA is um, the European body which overlooks a lot of the uh, the European Securities and Markets Authority, which looks at a lot of um, you know the way the ways in which a lot of products like this uh, are regulated effectively. Um, and uh, there's a lot of tightness which is coming in. Um, there are a lot of things that if you're a financial product or a financial product creator or a platform. There's lots of different ways you can, being general about it, there's lots of different ways that you can uh, deal with the challenge of the regulation. 
and I think it's something that um, you know things like guaranteed stops are now very important and reducing risk are very important things so to some extent I mean just have a look through the regulation I can't I'm not going to go through it now um, do you think we'll see that kind of thing translate over to, to gambling especially with um absolutely with with, with uh what was the law that um mike byrne talked about on the, on the podcast about uh slot machines being reduced yeah, from 100 pounds a to two pounds a state yeah fotd yeah yeah, yeah. um, um I'm, stuff... I, I mean it, go on sorry it depends on fi like if i if i want to kind of move towards the more sophisticated end of the market in terms of how they uh, communicate with their potential consumers then they may be able to kind of circumvent this by saying you know we're we're, we're a stock exchange a trading platform um if if you know they, they do go down the route especially with people joining as you said of kind of quick wins and people being able to gamble their money away without much of a understanding of the market they're betting on or the positions they're taking um then i think that they're going to them you know become it's almost like there's a spectrum of places they could go and maybe there is one end where they could they could take it towards a more sophisticated investor um, where there's maybe perhaps less mass of investor, but more quality, you know, quality versus quantity of acquisition, perhaps, as we could frame it as. Um, I think maybe that could be something which which they could do, just because I think that it, it does feel like to me that if you if you are able to go in, invest a lot of money and lose a lot of money very quickly, um, that that would be something which, which could be you know, a potential risk in the future. Mm, for sure. I mean, I do definitely think that, and and I remember this correctly that Mike and Adam and I keep referencing the the, the football index podcast with them, but I'm going to have to again. Uh, they do talk about that, how they wanted to be more professional and they wanted to appeal to that type of maybe more eloquent and uh, and and as you quite rightly put it, higher end of the market client. And uh, I I think that the the order book thing and the revamping of the website to make it look maybe less gamey is going to be that first step. And then maybe the, the, the next steps are, as you said, keeping that quality of consumer rather than having just a lot more users. Because if you do have I don't know that, that they've got 150,000 plus signups. I'm not sure how many of those are active. Um, I mean, you gave that uh, that six million figure for FPL, and only five hundred thousand are playing at the end. So that's kind of you know less than ten percent. So it, would we be surprised if that's the same for Football Index? I'm not so sure. Uh, so how do you how do you how do you keep that acquisition to to long term customer transition and how you make that much better is so important to your business. And I mean, speaking of the of the business, do you, you have any critiques of the the business model? I mean, you're quite well informed guy and you, you know this kind of industry do you have any critiques of the, the business model rather than just the platform as well um uh, not really i mean i think they're kind of performing as expected um i think they've you know very rightly identified a gap in the market in terms of speculating on political capital effectively of players and um uh, you know i think that's basically it kind of keys into what a lot of football kind of conversation is about um fundamentally how important is player x in terms of the wider meta the wider zeitgeist and uh you know how they are impacted by what happens on the pitch i think that's a very good thing um i I think to some some extent you know as as you've been saying a lot of the noises that have been coming out from fi you know just watching it as a as an observer have been very encouraging um i'm very glad that you know they're reaching out to you know you as a as an external kind of voice um 
I'm very glad that they're, you know, you know, taking on board things in terms of how QOL can be improved um, through speaking to their users. I think so that, for, for those that, that don't know, do you want to just uh, explain that? Um, in terms of what? <laughs> uh, just just the uh, the acronym. I, I do oh, like to oh, well, quality of life. Um, oh, okay. So it's just little <laughs> things like, um, as we were discussing earlier, um, being able to see charts at any point you want. Um, uh, I think that's a very positive thing that they're open to change. Um, I think there's two ways to run that sort of content provider uh, mentality. You can be, you know, like FI and be inclusive. Um, Blizzard, another example, who are fairly kind of talkative with their user base. Or you can be like FPL, who, I mean, honestly aren't particularly open about how they do things and how they process things. It's very kind of a, a, a closed shop. And if you do speak to them, I mean, it's good if they do speak to you back, but it it's almost never happens, you know? It's always kind of like trying to knock on the door and no one being there. Um, whereas with FI, it's good to having that kind of sense of outreach, which I think is a positive thing because if you nurture the community, the halo effect is obviously something which uh, people like me who were outside of FI but saw positive vibes almost through retweets, through likes, through general conversation, um, through word of mouth coming through, like fostering that kind of relationship can only be a positive thing i think and i think that at the moment they're performing as expected if not you know a little bit better in terms of being able to understand their audience yeah well as adam cole would say onwards and upwards and and the next thing i want to speak about is uh fpl but like football index and fpl kind of cross comparison and as we're recording i actually just got a question someone from uh at clapper and Gil, so hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. And he says, what are the differences in attributes you look for when picking players for FPL versus Football Index? Quite a tough one, but uh, why don't you have a crack at that? Yeah, that's fine. So, I mean, we've spoken about assists and goals, and I think that goals are the key for it, for FI, aren't they, really? Um, I mean, before the Mexico game, for example, and the Who Got This Is Slack, we were talking about players that we were backing. Um, sorry, before round one of the World Cup, we were talking about players who we were thinking of backing. And there are a couple of shouts for Lozano. And as soon as that guy scored, he absolutely rocked it, didn't he? Lozano was a really interesting one because obviously massive hype before he got into the tournament. But also when he scored, it was against Germany. And when they won, he kind of maintained that price, maybe because people just assumed that they would go through. And obviously they they sealed their their round. They sealed their you know progress into the next round with a with a win today uh, against Korea, was it? I believe, yeah. And um, and uh, I don't know, I was just thinking that he got linked to like Arsenal, Chelsea, Barcelona, Juventus, Real Madrid, all you know, in the week you know, after that goal. So you're right in what you're saying. It's all about the goals, isn't it? Like both PB and MB. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what I zero in on when I'm looking at um, looking at potential uh, investments um i think there's, there's a good example given by somebody on my slack who fpl.com who i believe you know as well yeah i believe um, too yeah he, he mentioned to me that like um lingard was a very good example um ar- around q4 the end of q4 last season um you know had begun stepping up really for united and he noticed that in an fpl context and bought a few share uh, quite a few shares in him mm. and then that kind of um in terms of performance, the FPL community caught up very quickly. Um, there was kind of high ownership as kind of a, a hipster differential amongst the engaged FPL players. 
around kind of December time. But that translated into kind of PB, obviously, around the time everybody jumped on the FPL. But it was like kind of almost like a week lag between mm-hmm. the FI crowd and the FPL crowd identifying the value of the player. So I think, I think there's, like, there's always that kind of example which is there um, in that context. Yeah, I mean, that, that could give whoever's on the, the, the right end of the lag a great advantage, right? Whether it be on FI and FPL, because I'm sure there are examples where it's that relationship has been reciprocated, right? Exactly. But I mean, you've got, in terms of FPL, like you look at a player, I think more holistically. So you look at the potential for assists, the potential obviously for a clean sheet, if it's a defender or creative outputs or offensive outputs, if it's a defender. And with FI, it's a lot more focused on one particular output from mm. a player um, mm. and that's just the way it is at the moment um, yeah that's just the way it is <laughs> and uh yeah maybe uh, for, for for some of you hopefully it will change but have you noticed the the fpl crowd and fpl twitter community maybe talking about fi a bit more in the last let's say six months um yeah i think so i think definitely there's, there's an awareness of of the products out there and i think it's definitely there's definitely kind of people looking for help and looking for you know uh, some sense of direction i think it goes back to what we were saying before about need for tutorial mm. and the need for a kind of a welcome package effectively to people who are converting from other football relevant games yeah um, i mean you know that i've referred a lot of people on to to watching your your introduction and um, <laughs> I, think... I, I think that might it might just it may just be something which you know if there is that element of interest it's good for acquisition to have that kind of initial welcome um, in terms of content, so just to say, you know, hello, you're coming into FI from wherever else. Mm. Here's what FI is about. Here's a few. I mean, obviously, the market works in different ways, doesn't it? As you know, well, Pat, like sometimes there's there's things you can only learn from being experienced in trading in the market. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, the early players going to take try scalping and they're going to fail when they try. They're going to fail with something like that. Um, a lot of the time, it might be good to have that kind of a, a like kind of either a demo account where people can, as we've spoken about, expose themselves without really exposing themselves to, to the market. So just kind mm. of a, vir- a virtual position and trying to understand how it works. And and the tutorial hopefully will be a bit more enhanced and be able to say to people, you know, here are the very basics. Here is what you're going from the beginning. And I think a lot of the time, you know, your guys do a good job because they say to people, if you are from ground zero here's what you need to do whereas if i think if you're looking at the official sources which i looked at earlier on a lot of the time it is there's still an element of presumed knowledge perhaps and i think having that kind of smoother the lowering the ramp for onboarding potentially i know they've got the new traders section for example but putting that a bit closer and putting that kind of front and center of what they do and how they can um get people to to get on board could be something they could definitely do more, like you know, to prove that they're not not prove exactly, but kind of be more open um, to, to to what that what they are and what they give. Because I mean, there there are a lot of places, especially if you look at the um, the academy at the moment. I think that there are a few, you know, it lacks like a why football index and a, comp- a compelling answer for that. Um, the first thing you see if you go on the academy, for example, if you look on whitelist football index, it's all about winning and it's all about earning money. And I don't, I don't think it is as sophisticated as it could be. Maybe that's just me coming in as a non, uh, well, maybe a non-retail kind of person or somebody with a, with a knowledge of how to appeal to a retail audience. Mm. But 
I think that's certainly something they could they could look at and try to understand if you are a bit more of a advanced or a, a, a trader who's aware of financial markets, how they work, how you can take your knowledge of football into that expertise. Yeah, for sure, because I think the the thing that I always point to is a lot of the football index guys often point to FI as a platform being a lot funner and a lot more enjoyable and a lot more maybe kind of you know a lot more when when someone wins PB I almost do think it's a lot more exhilarating than winning a bet perhaps so I, I do think those kind of aspects might need to be pushed a lot more from a marketing standpoint where you know you've bought shares in a, in a guy that you really like and you really believe in and uh, he, he's he's flown up in price over x amount of time and then you sell for a massive profit that is really satisfying and i think that satisfaction is is a bit different to um to winning a bet and it's a bit different to um some of the the enjoyment that you get from from fpl for example and i do think some of those aspects should be as i said pushed by maybe their marketing team as you've just pointed out maybe on their landing page on their academy page maybe maybe make it less money centric because I, I do think that also in the football index twitter community we also do have that it's not a problem but it's kind of when someone says they've made x amount of money over x amount of time it gives that impression to a newbie that you know this is the norm right where, where it's not you know some people have invested a lot of money and leveraged a lot of risk to make how much they have done on football index and a lot of these people have been on from the very beginning where you know if you've had that experience for a year and a half and then suddenly it ramps up for the next year in terms of how much money comes into the market then you're going to be best placed to take advantage of that so i think there's been one a lot of misconceptions into how much and how quickly you can make on football index and potentially that's our fault as a, as a football index Twitter community I do say that quite often but then again as you said there are those aspects and those things that may appeal to a wider audience that should be pushed on the academy and on their landing page but but I do yeah we weirdly enough now in my notes the next thing that was I was going to ask you was comparisons to FPL and have you research has your research in FPL helped you in FI but weirdly enough the uh, the, the guy on Twitter has uh, helped us out there I think there's definitely, obviously, the the overlap is the is is the kind of the functional, the functional uniting factor, which is love of football. Um, mm. I a lot of it. I mean, the way you appeal to traders generally is obviously about backing yourself, and the trading mindset is very much about you know saying, well, here's the information, here's the kind of the market information, here's the fundamentals in terms of the news and what's going on and social media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I, as the trader, am making a decision based on those kind of news, those kind of sources of information, to to take my position. Mm. Um, I think that um, you know the, the the issue with all of these things is is casualization, um, to to coin a term. Just because yeah. I think that you know it's obviously it's obviously great that there are six million people quote unquote playing FPL in the same way. It'll probably be great if there were quote unquote ten million people playing um, FI. But at the same time, you know, if the company goes that way, then you tend to find a, a kind of either a, a margin in, in FI who are well at the moment looked after by the fact that FI understand that there's kind of serious investors and they look after you. Whereas if you if you contrast that with FPL when everyone's treated the same, which has its positives and its negatives, um, but like you know, a lot of the information coming from official FPL 
to date has been very kind of cookie cutter and vanilla and a lot of yeah. a lot about kind of oh he scored four assists in the last six games will you be buying him in question mark and then you look at the the article and it's you know six lines and you're kind of like well i mean that's not particularly useful to me <laughs> um, and i think that some sometimes you know you can fall prey to over casualization which can then mean the community just looks at them and thinks well you know you don't care about us who people who make this community anchor the community you care yeah. about kind of acquisition so i think it's a delicate balance yeah. And uh, FPL, I think, are definitely working towards getting it right. I don't want them to think that I'm, that I'm kind of like, always bashing them because I think they are doing <laughs> a few things to really ameliorate that. And you know, have been really trying to get people involved a bit more. Um, you know, they've only had uh, Twitter for the last kind of year or so. Let's let's not forget. Um, and I think that FI just needs to kind of tread that balance between getting people through the doors and keeping people inside. Um, and if if they don't keep people inside. And by speaking to them in a language that we all kind of share, being part of the FI community and talking on talking on FI Twitter, if they leave that kind of language and start to talk in kind of general terms, then people will quickly smell a rat and you'll see kind of attrition beginning. Mm. Um, so we need to be careful in terms of how they manage the, the, the upcoming rise, which I'm sure we both agree they're going to have. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I do. I am bullish on on football index as a, as a product. I do think that they're going to sort a lot of stuff out, um, and I, I hopefully their their business model um, takes takes better shape, and and they can maybe start leveraging a bit more um, a bit more money into expanding the business and 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 exposing themselves to less liability with the forthcoming uh, order and uh, buy and sell order books with uh, the mitigation of, of instant sell but I, I wanted to say like what's the general consensus what's the general feeling from the fpl crowd like d- do they enjoy this or is it just kind of chatter at the moment or uh, is it just a bit of a mix um i think you're you're not on the tipping point yet um i think that you know that, that there's potential room to grow i think you're, you're going to obviously reach a threshold where people start to talk about fpl and fi equally so saying something like oh you know that's a great goal for x and that means that i've got points on fpl and equally mm-hmm. I, i'm beginning to see some pb and potentially some mb from that goal like but those kinds of tweets happening more and more if you want to cross pollinate are what mm-hmm. you need to be aiming for uh, equally I, I don't think you're there at the moment i think there's definitely kind of in terms of fi um there's rightly a sense of um obstacle in terms of knowledge and there's rightly a sense of investment and engagement you need to go from fpl to fi like mm. i don't think that we should be saying because i think there's ultimately a lot of risk in somebody who doesn't really understand what they're doing putting a lot of money into a product and losing money i don't think either of us want that to happen no um so i think maybe it's just about as i said earlier lowering the ramp and making the ramp into something which is understandable um by fpl users but still kind of informs them well um and i think that if, if that did happen and, and more crossover occurs and you know we're going to be working together perhaps over the course of this next season aren't we pat um, yeah, perhaps yeah and, and um, <laughs> perhaps trying to make sure that if in fpl centric areas um fi is getting the airing it needs or at least kind of the discussion it needs to get people interested because in the, the day word of mouth as, as well as marketing and um, I think recommendation with this sort of thing which is more engaged yeah and a bit a bit more informed um mm-hmm. is, is something which is going to drive engagement and drive um, acquisition um and I think that you know 
as I said, all of these little things like the academy, um, like ensuring engagement continues, like in, ensuring that there's a good ramp into FI from FPL are going to be positive things for the future. Yeah, definitely. As we've spoken about before, a, a, an untapped market that, that I think that, that they could definitely take a look at. But Tom, I, I think we've uh, maybe run out of time. And since it's a Saturday evening and we're both uh, sad blokes spending our time speaking about FI and FPL, maybe we should um, wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah, that's good, good with me. Thanks very much for uh, having me on. Hopefully, I haven't been um, too boring or too uh, too much on my pedestal, uh, launching polemics against people. But I think it's just uh, it's, it's been very good to speak about it from a newbie point of view. Um, I think that you it was a good thing to talk about this sort of product and in, mm. in kind of you know from from my job, I know that having people who are less invested in the reality of what the product is and the, the product's kind of lifespan, if that makes sense, or, you know, onward journey or progress, however you want to frame it, is, is always really useful because you can get kind of both sides of it. Yeah, and for sure. Kind of understanding these little things that annoy users like me that may kind of help the product grow and eventually, you know, become what we all want it to become. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the guys at Football Index, some of them listen to this. So um, maybe uh, they would have picked up a couple of things and, and maybe jotted a few things down that, that's on their massive list. But where can people find out more about you, man? Uh, uh, so we are at WGTA underscore FPL on Twitter. And um, we are whogotvsist.com online. And we're going to be back creating content from the 15th of July. Um, obviously 2018 if you're listening to this in the future after the world cup final <laughs> and and we are just two guys uh tom who's me and nick um who has been on the pod before uh two schoolmates who basically just talk about fpl a lot and increasingly fi more yeah, um, yeah. so there we go well yeah we as you mentioned there we, we might see a lot more uh crossover in the forthcoming season whether it be like a a five minute segment or something trying to trying to bridge that fpl and fi gap but thank you guys for for listening and if you did enjoy that please do subscribe please leave a review and tell your friends to do so also uh <laughs> i really do enjoy reading them they they do motivate me to make better and, and more consistent content and uh you know, if you want to maybe increase your uh, ability to trade, then head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe over there, like some videos, watch some videos. Hopefully they can help you out as well. And uh, hope this episode uh, speeds up your commute, so to speak.